I love that story because it's a perfect example of how Jesus relates to us in when we, what, make mistakes, when we falter, when we get ourselves in trouble and we're going down the hole. How does Jesus respond? Does he point at us with judgment or does he reach out with a hand and try to help us come back? God is always in the beginning. In the beginning of, of a life, when a baby is first born and it's opening its eyes and looking around at the strange environment, God's there. God's there to help the new mother, to help the father, to help the child uh, adapt to this whole new world. In the beginning, God is with us when we're having to start over. Something happens in our life, maybe a tragedy, maybe a, a loss of a job, but we're having to start over. God's there to give us a sense of hope that there is going to be a good day someday. There is going to be sunshine again. God is there in the beginning of a relationship. You know, today relationships are scary. Well, it was scary in my day too. You don't know this person, but you kind of like them. You want to know a little more about them. You, you slowly, maybe as you trust them, open up a little bit. But anything can happen. They can break your heart. But God's there to help us. God's there to tell us, if we listen, pursue this person. I think they will be good for you. Or you need to back off. This person is not going to be healthy for your life. God's there in the beginning of new opportunities. Whenever we are faced with new opportunities, there's, there's a little bit of a risk in that. How do we respond to this new opportunity? And with that risk, there's fear. And God's there to help us overcome that fear and just take one step at a time. God's there in the beginning of change. Now, how many here like change? I don't see one hand. Change is tough. Whether it's in a relationship or whether it's in a new job or whether it's a, a church, guess what's going to happen here? When you get a new pastor, that new pastor is going to change some things. And some of you aren't going to like it. But God's there to help you overcome your fear of change. God's there to mold you with that pastor so that that pastor can become very much a part of your lives and your family. Regardless of whether you like their change or not, you love them, you love her, whoever that pastor might be. Wherever there is a beginning, God is there. He's there to encourage us and to lift us up and to bring hope to our life. 
He's there sometimes just to hold us, allow us to cry, weep, and he's there to love us. That's our God. Wherever there's a beginning, God is there. But he's also there at the end, at the end of life. I've been with many a people throughout my ministry when they were passing away. And most of the time, it's the most peaceful time I've seen. There is just a sense of peace that comes over them and they move on. He's there. God's there. God's there at the end of a past mistake. We've made a big mistake and we think we're never going to get out of it and everybody is pointing fingers at us like the woman who was caught in adultery. But, but what does Jesus do? He doesn't point any fingers. He says, it's okay. We're forgiven. Start again. And he's there in the end of a relationship. I, I, there are countless times that I have had to deal with young kids who have lost their beloved that they couldn't believe that they, their beloved doesn't love them anymore. And you know, they just can't. How is that possible? I can't live without her. I can't live without him. God's there to help heal your broken heart so that maybe you can have an even better relationship with someone else down the road. The woman caught in adultery is the classic story of God being at the beginning and at the end. God was at the beginning of her humiliation. The teachers of the law, the Pharisees, the preachers of their day, made her stand right in the middle. Now imagine, it's all men. No women there, it's all men. And this one woman right in the middle, and they are probably have hands full of rocks ready to stone her. And they are trying to use her to get at Jesus. They wanted to expose her to everyone. Just how humiliating can that be? Imagine yourself in that situation. God was at the beginning of her brokenness, her broken, broken by life. She had been beaten down by life. We don't know what caused her to, to fall into this type of life. But we do know that she was down in society. She is most likely at the lowest point in her life. But Jesus stood up for her. At the beginning, Jesus, God is there at the beginning of forgiveness. Jesus saw something else in this woman. He didn't see a sinner. He saw a woman who was hurting. And he wanted to help her. God was at the beginning of her changed life. 
in order to get out of what she was doing, it was going to take a lot of courage and a lot of strength to make it, to not fall back into the life that she was living before. And Jesus was there with a helping hand. And God was at the end, at the end of an old life that she had been living, at the end of her humiliation, because now, before Jesus, she felt safe. Finally, she felt safe. And at the end of her judgment, her trial was over. All the ones that were accusing her had left. And at the end of her conviction, her guilt was coming to an end. And at the end of her brokenness, it's time to put the pieces back together. And God's there to help her. You know, the, the greatness of our God is that he always gives us a chance to start again. Always. We always have the opportunity to crunch up the paper and toss it over our shoulder and start again. And start again. And start again. God's always there. God wants you to be a victor, not a loser. Don't be taken down by the world around you. Stand up and be what God wants you to be. You know, there was a, a film made in 2002 called The Magdalene Sisters, which told the sad story of the Maggies of Ireland. They got their nickname from Mary Magdalene because the, the Gospels mention, you see, only one fact about Mary Magdalene, and that's Jesus had driven seven demons from her. However, church tradition has laid onto her as the woman who was caught in adultery, a prostitute who washed Jesus' feet with her hair. Somehow the tradition was fallen upon her when the scriptures only talks about her having seven demons. Well, because of that, she goes down in history as this tainted woman. So when a strict order of nuns agreed to take in young women who had become pregnant out of wedlock, they labeled the fallen girls Maggies. And the Maggies came to public attention in the 1990s when the order sold its convent, bringing to light the existence of the graves of over 130-some Maggies who had spent their lives working as virtual slaves in the convent laundry. The media soon scouted out a dozen such Magdalene laundries across Ireland. The last one was closed in 1996, thank God. And soon, survivors and the relatives of survivors were sharing accounts of the slave labor conditions inside. Thousands of young women spent time in the laundries, some put away just for being a temptress. Imagine that. They weren't even pregnant forced to work unpaid and in silence as a form of atonement for their sins. The nuns took away illegitimate children born to these women to be raised by 
more proper people. A public outcry erupted and eventually campaigners raised money for a, a memorial. A bench in St. Stephen's Green, which is a, a park in downtown Dublin. Some of you may have known or heard uh, or read one, some of the books of uh, Philip Yancey. Probably the most famous is What's So Amazing About Grace. If you haven't read it, you ought to. It's an outstanding book on grace. Well, he and his wife decided that they wanted to go to this park and find this memorial. When they started reading about it, they were greatly moved. Well, one by one, they examined the bronze statues and impressive fountains, mostly honoring fighters for Irish independence. It was real difficult to try to find this plaque. Only by accident did they stumble across a modest bench beside a magnolia tree. A couple was sitting on it, but behind their backs, they could see a brass-colored lettering. And the plaque read, to the women who worked in the Magdalene Laundry Institutions and to the children born to some members of those communities, reflect here upon their lives. Walking away from the humble memorial, Yancey found himself reflecting, not simply on their lives, but also on the sharp contrast between how Jesus treated moral failures and how we, his followers, often do. Jesus, if you remember, appointed the Samaritan woman an untouchable as his first missionary. He defended the prostitute who anointed him with expensive perfume. And he said this about her, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And Mary Magdalene? She of the seven demons? He honored as the very first witness of the resurrection. It's a testimony of, at first, it was a testimony at first discounted by his most prestigious followers. When he left that park, he wrote an article in regards to what they found. And at the end of the article, he had this phrase, which I think is powerful. Where we shame, he elevates. Now think about that. Where we shame, he elevates. Many years ago, and then I'll be done, Many years ago, right at the beginning of my ministry at, at San Pedro, a young woman came to our church. She was pregnant. She wasn't married. And she asked us, is it okay if I join your church? Can you imagine that she has to ask that question? And of course, we welcomed her in. Proudest moment of my life for that church. But more than just welcoming her in, they took her in. And they nurtured her. And they cared for her. And they nurtured for her son. And her son grew up to graduate from high school and went on to college. 
and he was a preacher at the youth Sunday. Powerful sermon. Talking about the obstacles that he had to deal with with a drug-induced father who used to beat him all the time. And how he overcame it because of the faith he received from that congregation. That's our God. He supports us. He loves us. And he gives all of us a second chance. Don't give up. Try it again. Pick yourself up. Do it. The God of the Maggies is the God of us. Whatever failures, whatever missed opportunities, whatever mistakes, whatever sins, God is there in the beginning and at the end when new life begins. Praise be to God. Amen.